Northland Outdoors Radio. All right, the Wisconsin County Deer Advisory Councils uh, met recently with some preliminary recommendations for the Wisconsin deer season this year. There have been some recommendations that are causing some some grumbling, some headlines, including uh, Wapaka County, where they might go completely antlerless despite shooting over 5,000 bucks there last year. We wanted to find out more about this, so we asked Kevin Wallenfang, the big game ecologist at the Wisconsin DNR, to join us on the show. Kevin, there's... <laughs> There's always something to talk about when it comes to deer, isn't there? No question about it. <laughs> People are passionate about it. So in a state like ours, it's not a surprise. Well, and it, you know, and just like all the other states in the region here, when someone starts talking about whitetails, everybody listens and everybody has an opinion, don't they? Yep, they sure do. Well, that's, and, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to be passionate about it. Uh, that means they, they care about the animal. They care about the season. They care about the traditions of it. And I like how the Minnesota, you know, DNR is starting to work together with hunters more with public input meetings and things like that. Is, is that how it works over in Wisconsin? Well, they're actually following our lead. So, uh, yeah, um, you know, we started these county deer advisory councils a couple of years ago. Um, as part of the deer trustee report implementation and um, you know this is the second year where we've had the county deer advisory councils working uh, with the public as much as they possibly can to come up with quota recommendations and antlerless permit levels so um, yeah we are uh, we've been doing this for a little while now and the process seems to be working pretty well although we'd very much like to have more public involvement. So we're hoping that, uh, you know, it's, it's still new in the process, and um, we're hoping that that evolves over, the, over time. Expand on what exactly these uh, county deer advisory councils are. Is there one per county? How often do they, they meet? Exa- exactly how does that work? At- Every county in the state has their own council. Um, there is one county where they are not active, and that's Menominee, where that is a, you know, that's a tribal uh, reservation county. Um, but, yeah, every county in the state otherwise has one. Um, these councils are made up by a lot of folks from the public. Um, they are uh, chaired by the Wisconsin Conservation Congress uh, by a delegate from each county. And then beyond that, uh, the seats are filled with folks that uh, represent agriculture and forestry and hunting. Um, Our deer management assistance program is included in that. So, you know, quite a few of the folks on these, in fact, the majority of the people on these have a personal interest in hunting uh, as well as, as, uh, you know, deer management issues might impact their job or their livelihood or, you know, something along those lines. So these are folks that are very interested uh, in deer management. You know, they're meeting every three years. They meet in the fall and they come up with a population objective within their county and then they work for the next three years to set quotas and permit levels to get to that objective. So, you know, over the last couple of years we've kind of changed our deer management system. We've gotten away from numeric population goals of say 25 deer per square mile to a more general uh, method that I think is a little easier for people to relate to. Um, It's not so number specific, but rather kind of looks at the deer population as a whole and then, uh, you know, setting management strategies and season strategies where you can either increase, decrease, or maintain the population. 
Kevin Wallenfang, our guest here, talking about Wisconsin deer and the way the uh, deer are managed in Wisconsin. He's with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. You brought up how deer are counted, and that's something I hear a lot about in, in the states and the region here. How, how are deer numbers uh, surveyed? How, do, how, do you, how, do, how does the DNR in Wisconsin come up with that number? Well, the bottom line of it is we start with what hunters uh, register. So the hunters themselves are providing much of the data uh, that is used in what is called the sex age kill formula. And uh, this is a a formula that's been used for a number of years in Wisconsin. And um, it's kind of an interesting thing because people tend to believe it more when there's lots of deer on the landscape and the harvest is very high and they tend to believe it less when the harvest isn't, you know, quite, quite as high. So, um, But there's a lot of factors that go into uh, estimating the overall population within a county or uh, on a statewide basis. Um, And the bigger you get in the area you're trying to estimate, um, there is, you know, there is a, I I guess I would say it's more accurate uh, as you go bigger. Um, But, you know, we, we put a lot of things into that formula. Like I said, it starts with hunter harvest. Um, but hunters, when they harvest deer, they also provide other information about the sex and the age of the overall harvest. So that's kind of where the, the name comes from. Um, but we also look at fawn-doe ratios, uh, which the public help us gather on an annual basis. Um, winter severity, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors in, that are included in that. Um, that uh, are some of them are, are a little more sensitive than others, but others are you know provided to us by the public, um, and it all kind of gets uh, put into the big formula, and the numbers come out the other end, and uh, you know we do work with the inputs um, so that we can uh, you know there's there's some gut instinct also that goes into herd management, and um, you know if the if the numbers aren't quite coming out, we look at uh, at what those look like. Um, we talk to the public about it. We work with the Conservation Congress and other groups. So, you know, there's a lot of both science and uh, and human type sciences that go sure. into this thing, and uh, <clears throat> we've been operating that way for quite some time. And you know, the interesting thing about it is that you know we make annual predictions as to what the overall harvest might look like, or the buck hill in particular. And typically, on the buck hill side of things, we're typically within five to ten percent of of the predicted numbers. So it does work well, but we know that there are plenty of folks out there that don't necessarily agree with it, based on what they're seeing from their own tree stand or from the car or whatever it might be. How much weight do you put in to hunter surveys? You know, when you register a deer over in Wisconsin. And I'm assuming this will be similar with the electronic registration, but when you had to go in and, and register your deer, you always had to fill out how, how, you, how the weather was, how many deer you saw, how many hours you were out there. How much do you factor those numbers into your surveying? Those don't factor into making population estimates at all. Uh, what we use those for is just kind of general trends. Um, we might use it as a way to... Uh, um, kind of measure hunter effort in the field. Uh, so when the when the weather is lousy, um, you're going to assume that hunters used uh, or, or spent more time, or less time in the field. Um, doesn't always work that way, but the general trends over the years, you know, you can kind of lean on some of that stuff. Um, we do look at uh, a little bit uh, how many deer people are telling us they see, and we don't use that as a number of okay, the deer 
you know, as an estimate, I guess I would say, we use it as a trend um, and we use it as a way of looking at how many deer people are seeing on a per hour of effort uh, of time in the woods. So, um, you know, we don't actually plug those numbers into our formulas when we estimate deer numbers. All right. We also okay. we also survey about 10,000 hunters each year uh, from each county of the state, so we get a lot of information that way as well. How is the population getting that high? Well, again, Wapaka County is not unique in that uh, I think it's easy to look across the, the entire Midwest and see how things have changed on the landscape over the last 20 or 30 years. Um, you know, access to properties is getting tougher. Um, uh, the, the idea of managing your property for deer and shooting bigger bucks, all of those things play a role in, in uh, what's going on out there. So certainly habitat is changing to some extent. There's more houses out on the landscape. Just because there's more houses on the landscape doesn't necessarily mean that the habitat is completely gone and deer don't have a place to live. You know, we all know that uh, deer adapt quite well and are capable of... Uh, producing some pretty high numbers even within a neighborhood um, you have properties and there's anybody that's hunted for a while I'm sure that they can probably name a property that 20 years ago had 10 or 15 guys hunting on it and now there might be one or two people hunting on it so you know whether people are even capable of having access to those properties and once they do get that property or if they own the property themselves you know, who wants to shoot 15 or 20 deer in a year? Uh, and yet yeah. that might be what a certain property of, of significant size might need just to maintain the deer numbers on it. Ironically, you know, we've had our deer research project going on for about three years and over a thousand deer in Wisconsin had radio collars put on them. And Wapaka County was one of the counties in the state where that, uh, that research took place. And we, you know, it's hard to imagine in a farmland county of Wisconsin that deer would be starving to death. And yet in that part of the state, um, nutritional uh, challenges for those deer was a cause of, uh, of death. So it's not high predator numbers. Um, it's, you know, certainly we did lose some animals, some of the research animals in that area to predation and car accidents and, and hunting and everything else. Uh, but starvation was one of the causes of loss. And, you know, you really wouldn't expect that in a farmland zone like that. Well, very interesting stuff. And I know North Dakota puts out a, uh, a land, landowner contact list on their website for people that want to shoot does. <laughs> Maybe if you need some more hunters in Wapaka County to help get to that, uh, that harvest level that they want over there. Maybe you can attract some hunters from out of the area. I know I'd like to put a, an extra deer or two in the freezer next year. Well, that's up to the local hunters themselves. That's not <laughs> right. up to the department. Right. So. <laughs> sure. Talking with Kevin Wallenfang from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources here about how deer are managed in Wisconsin. Uh, most specifically, we want to talk about Wapaka County and what's going on over there, how they could go to a completely all antlerless harvest uh, this year. That's one of the re recommendations that's come out of uh, a Wisconsin County Deer Advisory Council there. And I, I want to ask Kevin more about that when we come back here on Northland Outdoors Radio. Have you praying to the Lord that rat, that grunt, that snare, that stomp will make you a believer? And Bob Fever. Ha. 
Hunting waterfowl around L'Aquaparle is a Minnesota waterfowling tradition. Watson Hunting Camp is Western Minnesota's premier full-service waterfowl hunting camp. Stay in the Watson Hunting Camp Hotel or Bunkhouse and have dinner in the Watson Hunting Camp Restaurant. Fishermen and campers are welcome. Watson Hunting Camp comes with RV hookups, live music, and drink specials. The Watson Hunting Camp Bar is open Wednesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to close. Look for our billboard just north of Watson on Highway 7. For more information and directions, find us on Facebook or visit WatsonHunting.com. You're listening to Northland Outdoors Radio.